Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Angelina Davis, and today is going to be a really different episode because I had a recent conversation, actually it was a LinkedIn Live, with a close friend of mine who is magnificent in what she does. And this conversation was with Dr. Nicole Bryan. She's a leadership career strategist and she is doing all kinds of things within the career world. We talked about how you're able to start your business, even if you have a nine to five, how you're able to make that work for you with your busy schedule, with family, with all the things that may be on your plate and how you're able to make that succeed. So I want you to hear this conversation and hear this episode because I think that you'll be able to pull a lot from it. Once again, we're talking about how to build your business, in this case, your consulting business, while you have a nine to five. I think you'll enjoy this one. There's a misconception that we don't exist, that somehow our ability to excel at the highest level of our industry is limited, that overcoming barriers as a woman of color would be insurmountable. But what would happen if we decided to venture out on our own despite everything we're up against? I'll tell you. Welcome to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Angelina Davis, a healthcare consultant, consulting coach, high performance fanatic, wife, and proud girl mom. I help transform female professionals into thriving solo consultants. And just like you, I'm wearing all the hats and doing all the things. So this podcast is to empower the busy female professionals to move past fear to start and grow a successful consulting business, despite the obstacles you may encounter. We'll dive deep into consulting practice, business strategy, mindset, and more. So grab your cup of coffee or tea if that's your thing, and let's get started. My name is uh, Dr. Nicole Bryan. Just call me Nicole. Um, I am also, well, I've, I've always been kind of a dual career person. Um, I uh, am a psychologist by trade, and I'm also a uh, HR executive. Um, and now I am uh, starting my own business. So I've had my business now for uh, about a year and a half. How did you stumble into this path? So this is not my first foray into entrepreneurship. I actually, um, let me not date myself. Well, I'm going <laughs> to date myself, but um, I would say this is probably, this is my third foray into entrepreneurship. Um, it's probably, I would say in the short time that I've started doing it, it's already been my most successful, probably because I've just learned over time. But um, the other two times was um, I, I've taken plenty of corporate breaks, meaning for one reason or another, um, whether I initiated it or the company initiated it, I took uh, anywhere from three months to like 18 months off from working in corporate. Um, And I love the corporate space. I'm one of those people, right? So I I hate when people, uh, you know, when it's like corporate bad and, um, you know, listen, listen, (laughs) I've made my fortune up until this point from corporate America. So, 
hey, I, I, I am definitely, you know, I don't drink the water, right? I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, uh, walking with blinders on and saying that corporate America or co- the global corporate world is perfect, but mm-hmm. it definitely has allowed me to build the life that I, that I love, right? Uh, but I will say that the other times that I've had breaks from corporate, I've done my own thing. So, and it's usually been a consulting business, not a coaching, but only consulting. Um, and so, now I, um, you know, this this time going into and becoming an entrepreneur was a deliberate, planful choice. So that's probably something else we need to talk about in terms of there are some people who just fall into it, given circumstances that of their choice or of others, and then there are other people who plan, right? They are like very deliberate in terms of the timing, what they want it to look like, um, and then there are. Th- Three, you know, the third category, I think, where people who they start out knowing that they want to do both forever. They don't they're not trying to do either or this time around. I knew and it really I think COVID was the exacerbator for me. It was, you know, when COVID hit, I was working in a um, hospital environment in a clinical setting and we got to see the very front line of what, you know, COVID uh, was doing to our clinicians and to those of us who were supporting clinicians. It was just high stress, high burnout. Um, And that made me think about, okay, what's next, Uh, right? What, how can you, Nicole, have a even bigger impact than you may already be having? Mm -hmm. And I've always always, just like probably many of you, have been the first or the only. Um, And so I have made it my, I made it my business to really think about how I can reach back and help those coming behind me or those walking alongside of me who also wanted to be executives or moving up in the corporate world, but have struggled to do so. Um, the truth of the matter is the system isn't built for us as much as I love in the corporate environment, it's not built for us. So how, what are the resources? What's the knowledge? What's the type of support I can provide to others who don't have a mentor like you might've had Angelina or a sponsor or just access to awareness of how it really works behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. all that they don't teach us in college and they don't Mm -hmm. teach us in leadership development programs, like all of those bits of information on how to navigate, how to truly navigate a world that's not really built for you. That's my, that was my passion. So like you, Angelina, I'm on a mission to diversify the C-suite with more estrogen and more people of color. (laughs) Like that's what I'm doing. That's what my passion is right now. And I will say, undoubtedly the future is female. So that's where all of my energy is, is focused. It's funny you said that because I actually have um, an essay that I wrote recently. It's on my, on my website. I call it the essay, but it's largely focused on exactly what you were just saying. You know, it's pretty much that, you know, the system wasn't built for us. And in, in my essay kind of focuses on like what the, you know, your guru, your favorite guru in consulting didn't tell you what they left out of their book. 
yeah. And one of the reasons why, you know, I framed it that way is because, like you said, um, I, I did have the privilege of having a mentor. And I also learned that a lot of the things that are, are typically done and that work for many are not the things that people reference when it comes to, you know, trying to start their business. And I think, um, you know, kind of being able to see it from from the other side makes a huge difference. And just wanting to to share, like you said, that with other people, because I'm like you, I I didn't right now. I see myself doing both. (laughs) And, And so, you know, until something transitions one way or the other, but I really do enjoy the work that I do. Um, and I think we can enjoy that work and still want to see change. You know, yeah. I think that's absolutely, cool. absolutely. Okay. So what would you say is your most favorite thing? So right now you've been, you've been doing both, right? You've mm-hmm. been working full time as well as um, having starting your own business. And you've yeah. been doing that for a little while. Now. So what would you say has been the best part of your journey? Or what have you enjoyed most about doing both at the same time? So the one thing that I actually love in probably the biggest or most rewarding thing is really the the relationships I get to build and the impact that I'm able to make um, on the clients that I serve. And because I, I work as a healthcare consultant in my career capacity, and then in my business, I'm coaching other consultants. So mm-hmm. I'm still kind of in that same, that same lane, that same industry. And for me, I think I get the the most joy when I see clients, you know, kind of like their light bulb turn on and they get the clarity that they need and everything just shifts. Um, You know, sometimes what happens when you have especially, you know, very ambitious and talented women in place we can often get loaded with a lot of responsibility because you're used to getting it done. You're used to getting it done. Well, you're used to getting it done (laughs) before time. And that can somewhat be overwhelming. It's it's kind of like you're almost being somewhat punished or cursed for being so great at what you do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're able to be there to help a client navigate that space better, it is something that, really makes such a huge difference. You know, I think I talked a little bit about on one of my social media posts at one point in time during the pandemic about, you know, one of the questions that I started to ask every time I went in was just, how are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. because I think we overlook that. Oftentimes we jump straight into whatever work needs to be done, whatever strategy needs to be carved out and things of that nature. Um, but I always led in with that question because I understood from personal experience what it's like to be in a position where you have so much on your plate that you feel as if you you just can't manage to do anything else. And although you're successful, you're still not able to create the success maybe that you have always dreamed of for yourself because you're bogged down with all these other things. And so just being able to make that load a little bit lighter um, really is like one of the most rewarding aspects for me. And I'm not just saying that it just, it it really, really is. And, um, you know, so much so that I've been spending a lot of time lately in my own personal and professional development, trying to get better um, as a coach and in terms of having a safer, you know, practice, a more Mm -hmm. trauma-informed practice um, to really be able to hold more space 
for the clients that I work with so they feel more supported and, and are able to build, you know, kind of um, the techniques that they need to be more resilient so that they're able to accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish. Um, because I want to, <laughs> I'm a little bit selfish in the fact that I want to have that feeling <laughs> yeah. Yeah. more often yeah. um, because it really makes me feel like that's the work that, you know, I'm, I'm meant to do. That's kind of like the purpose, the why behind, um, behind everything. So that's been, you know, kind of what I found to be the most rewarding. So okay. you have to share yours. Now that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think for me, what I've enjoyed the most, similar to you, but, but I won't rehash it, which is like really helping, you know, there's nothing more gratifying than um, helping people reach their own goals, right? So for me, that's what, you know, being a leader has always been about, no matter what environment I've been in. And it's definitely true as a coach. For my business, uh, I have two sides of the business. One where I'm coaching individuals and the other is when I'm consulting to organizations, right? So um, the consulting piece is just helping leaders and teams within organizations be better. And then the coaching piece is really specifically helping um, women advance their careers into leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So, but having said that, the thing that I love most is what you, you just mentioned, which is really helping people accomplish their goals. There's no Honestly, there's no better feeling. Um, and I don't like I don't enjoy liking it to helping our kids because our family is totally different. But, you know, you get, get that. There's something when you see your child do do what you actually said, frankly, mm -hmm. and then do it well and get something out of it. And they were like, oh, you actually do know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's how I feel. Something similar to that is how I feel <laughs> when I see a coaching client, a leader kind of take action on mm -hmm. and take advantage of the knowledge that I've been able to share. So that that's one thing for sure. I don't know if you're like this too, is that if you, if you see that they're not following through, then you start to think, okay, okay, what, what do we need to do differently in order to, to get them there? Because I'm always watching. I'm like, are they staying on track or are they, are they yeah, getting on yeah, track? Yeah, um, yeah. Because you, like you said, it's not that, uh, like you said, you don't want to use the child reference, but you know, you do become somewhat attached Correct. to their journey and, and wanting to see them accomplish everything that they set out to accomplish. A absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that I really enjoy of doing both, like working in corporate as well as um, having my own business is actually the learning part of it. So if you're a person who likes to learn um, new things and like to challenge yourself in new and different ways, there's something to be said about being in a familiar environment, like your nine to five, right? Even if everything is not roses within your nine to five, that's something that you know you can depend on. You know, you know you're having, you know, a fairly steady paycheck. You know the environment that you are having to navigate in. And at the same time, while you're, um, you know, learning kind of the newness of, of building your own business and being an entrepreneur, you, you don't feel like you're, you know, the, like the rug has been completely lifted from under you. You, you feel like you have the stability. So I think right. to me that that was another benefit of, 
doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was stability, which is what I needed. And then I think the third thing is I'm big on pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. So one of the reasons why I got the itch to move from corporate is because I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over and over again. So um, if you are one of those, and I don't consider myself at interest at all, I'm probably one of the most conservative people that I know, but I do at the same time love um, exploring kind of new ideas and, you know, new ways of doing things. Um, and so that that's probably the other thing. Like I'm still learning. I will probably be learning the entrepreneurial space, mm-hmm. particularly building a business, an entrepreneurial business, leveraging social media, which is definitely pushing me outside of the my comfort zone. Anybody <laughs> who knows me knows me. I'm I'm very private. I'm an introvert. My business is built on people, but I don't really like people. Like that's who I am, truly to my core. So. Mm-hmm. Having to show up on, you know, online, having to, um, you know, articulate what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Like, that's a very different level of visibility mm-hmm. than I had to do before. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and I truly am enjoying it. It's uncomfortable, but in a good way for me. So those are the things I would say are kind of benefits and what I've enjoyed so far. And I was going to say piggybacking on what you were talking about um, in terms of having your job and your career and starting your business and having that financial stability. I think that's something that's um, really important. Now, there are individuals that can jump in head first, of course, and they go all in because they have everything on, on the line. And so you're kind of forced to kind of get the ball rolling and you have a little bit more willingness to take risks because, you know, you have to make money. Right. But I think one huge benefit, I see some people in the comments talking about, you know, wanting to make a, a planful shift and, and kind of take your time. One of the benefits of doing that is you make in my opinion, you make better choices when you're starting out in entrepreneurship. You don't feel so rushed. So there's a difference, in my opinion, in being disciplined and you know really dedicating uh, yourself to following through on what you've stated you're going to accomplish or what you're going to try to achieve in terms of a goal, and being you know almost um, I don't want to necessarily say desperate, but in a position where you have to bring in money. Therefore, you're willing to compromise a lot more in that setting. And that can actually hurt you in the long run. One of the biggest challenges I feel like a lot of uh, people have when they're getting started is really staying true to their vision and to their purpose. I actually typically start out with vision mapping when I'm working with clients. And one of the reasons I do that is because I always tell them, I want to be able to to somewhat hold you accountable or remind you as to what you want it to accomplish. Because when you're in a position where you're just trying to make money, it's easy to get off of that path because there are a lot of ways that you can make money that don't align with your purpose and your goal. And in the long run, it can keep you from achieving that goal that can actually slow you down. Um, So I do think when you have that financial stability, when you have some cushion there of some sort, it allows you to do the things that necessary to grow your business and to build it. But then at the same time, you can make better decisions in terms of the investments that you're 
making, as well as some of the jobs that you're taking on. You're not just going to be taking on clients for the sake of taking on clients. You're going to take on the clients that you truly want to work with, that are aligned with the, the purpose and the mission of your business and that are going to move you forward. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I think that's one big thing I, you know, I wanted to highlight from what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'll say one more thing and then I'll move on, which is if you are a person who, whether you're married, you're single, you're in a committed long-term relationship and finances are important. Again, I don't care. I don't care if you're in your twenties or you're in your seventies, fine. You, you, we all need to have some type of financial stability. You can do that by, in my opinion, you can do that by planning ahead. Like I know some women who, who, who have made the jump to entrepreneurship, they literally save for like two, three years to have a pot of money that they could live off while they are building their business. Mm-hmm. I've known others like myself, like Angelina, who decided to do both at the same time, have an income stream from the nine to five while building your the business. And I've known others who have literally set up other streams of income mm-hmm. while they were building their business. So they may not work their nine to five anymore, but maybe they take a part-time job that's less demanding on them mentally and physically mm-hmm. while they're also starting their entrepreneurship. Or I've known people who actually started playing the stock market, started day trading, right? Because that is something that's becoming more and more prevalent these days. So I actually know people who practiced day trading until they were able to have a somewhat steady income and leverage that while they started their own business. Um, or I, I've, I even know a woman who actually started doing audiobooks. Um, started actually doing voiceovers to be able to build her own business, right? That gave her the flexibility to take the assignments that she wanted to take. And then she was doing that while she was able to start her own business. It doesn't matter what it is, but you want to make sure your finances are straight. And then I've known someone, I know someone, I'm thinking about her right now, who actually, she was able to quit her job because her partner was like, I'm going to hold you down. Like I got Mm -hmm. you. You don't have to worry about it. Take your shot, you know, give it two years. If it works great. If it doesn't, we'll come up with plan B. Doesn't matter. Right. There's all types of paths to get there. And in my opinion, there's no one right path. You just Mm got to figure out what the right path is for you and your, um, you know, your commit, your current commitments, you might have kids in school, you might have, mm-hmm. you know, a sp- uh, elder parent that you need to take care of, whatever it is, just think about what you need from a financial standpoint, and what resources you have access to, and then and then go from there. But, you know, it's a little different when you're holding down when you have one foot in, in a full time position, and you have the other foot in starting a business. Like, what would you say some of the challenges are that kind of popped up into your mind? Um, for me, one of the biggest challenges definitely has been being able to make space for business development. So when we think about starting a business, oftentimes we're, we're thinking about the clients that we want to serve, right? And we're not factoring in <laughs> that when you start this business, like you were just saying before, you're going to be the content creator, you're going to be the marketer, you're going to be the salesperson. You know, you're doing all of these things and wearing all of these hats. 
And you have to find a way to generate leads and to do the work of coaching or consulting or whatever the business may be. So making time for all of that, in addition to your nine to five, in addition to, like for in my case, family or whatever other responsibilities that you may have, the less that you have to do on a day-by-day basis to maintain the business, the better. The simpler your offers are, the better. The simple way for you to market or sell or to put yourself out there in terms of visibility, the better. And it's one of the reasons why I believe strongly on leaning into your strengths and not necessarily being driven to just do what everyone else is doing and kind of following trends and and other things. So I believe in just leaning fully into those things that fit um, better into your life uh, so that you actually are able to make everything work. I always tell people that we have 24 hours in a day. And although we don't feel like it, 24 hours is more than enough. Um, it's usually a key of us just deciding and choosing what we're going to go with and what we're not. And some of the hard um, you know, parts I feel like I got to was making the difficult decision that, yeah, I would really like to do this other thing, but I don't have the capacity right now. So until I can create a scenario where I have more capacity, either through additional, you know, workforce and delegation or somehow freeing up more time, you know, some other way in my life, then I can't pursue that right now. Like maybe it's something I would do next year. A hundred percent. I definitely, I agree with that so much. Um, I think what I would add to that, like as you were talking, I was thinking about for me, the most challenge, there's been quite a few challenges, but one, I would say humbling myself, right? So I, you know, I'm coming from a place where I was calling the shots when I worked in uh, corporate I had a senior level job where I was setting strategy for, you know, tens of thousands of people. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I liked it. I loved it, actually. Um, moving from there to a one woman show where everything falls on me and the people who I am selling to don't know me, don't give a damn about me. <laughs> care freaking less, right? Like it is a humbling experience, number one. And you don't realize, one, you don't realize how much work it is. Like you hear it. It's one of those things when you you can hear all you want until you're in it. You're like, you don't really understand it. And then two, it's significantly humbling. Mm -hmm. Um, And you literally have to recreate yourself. You're in a totally new, it doesn't matter if you're, there's lots of transferable skills for sure. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. But you're, even if you do the exact same thing, if you're moving from a nine to five and you're moving to doing it on your own, it's like a totally different industry. And you, what you say, how you show up, you know, how you market your, is completely different than what you had to do when you worked for a employer. Um, so that to me has been the most challenging, which is really rebuilding my, <laughs> my brand um, from a leadership brand inside an organization to a, you know, a independent kind of brand in, in the marketplace. Humbling lots of learning. Um, it's exciting, but it's also like, what? Oh, um, 
So that that I would say is to me is the most challenging. Definitely. I was I always say that the online space is a great equalizer. <laughs> no one cares what you did for. <laughs> you know, I mean they do once they get to know you and it does matter. So I don't want I don't want to make it seem like it doesn't matter. But when you're starting out, yeah, it's ego has to be checked at the door <laughs> because yeah. If you allow your ego to get in the way, you will not grow. You won't achieve um, the level of success that you want to. It's in entrepreneurship because in reality, you don't have to have anything to be successful as an entrepreneur. You can go out right now. I can go out right now, not knowing how to do any coding whatsoever and decide I want to start a business. And that's what I'm going to offer as a service. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. as long as I can deliver on whatever promise I've made, then I can build a successful business. That's a reality. And I think, you know, it takes you out of the mindset of kind of like this hierarchy in uh, the corporate space or even in the academic world where we feel like we have to accomplish all these different things. One of the biggest reminders I make to to a number of clients is you, you don't need another certificate. You don't need another degree. People do not care about that. They want a result. They want a transformation. So at the end of the day, Focus on building your skill set and, you know, and really mastering your craft for the sake of mastering for yourself, not for, you know, the, the ego in terms of being able to say that, you know, you have this background and therefore you deserve to, to win this business over someone else. That's just not how it works. And oftentimes some of the people that you will learn the most from are going to be far younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> in the yeah. online space, telling my age right now, um, but they're going to be far younger, far, you know, much more younger than you. They are um, going to be brilliant in their own right in, in that avenue and that space. They have been able to master it and navigate it, um, oftentimes for many more years than than you have. And so, uh, you know, you really do have to look at going into entrepreneurship as just a new venture, you know, and. Like you said, it's hard, I think, for all of us, especially when you have been successful in any capacity in a previous career, right? It's hard for you to think about starting all over. It seems overwhelming, but the great part about it is that although that can be a challenge, it is also one of the biggest benefits in the world because you can sit back and watch people amass, you know, so much wealth in a short period of time by being able to go all in in a particular niche or, you know, some other area. One thing I would say, and I would encourage everybody to do, I did this, which is if you're not taking, a, you know, an immediate leap, one of the things you can do while you're planning is actually put together a business case, put together like a business plan. Like, And when I say business plan, I don't mean some fancy ass document that you can hand into a, a lender or something like that. Just keep a, a running list of ideas of, you know, kind of what your vision is, you know, um, you know, how you would like to see things play out. It, that running list of ideas will evolve. You'll go back to it every day, every week, every month and shift things. That's kind of what I did. I could put pen to paper because I feel better when something's on paper. 
And I would like spend time like ideating it, right? Like if I'm driving on my commute home, I'm spending time thinking about what I what I um, uh, envision my company would look like. I spend a lot of time listening to podcasters of other entrepreneurs and other people who helped entrepreneurs build their business. For like two years before I even took the leap, I was just listening and kind of hearing other people's journeys, which informed the way I thought. And that's an easy way to kind of get ideas. I would say that because I'm continuing to grow, because I'm continuing to take in more information, I'm constantly doing small pivots along the way, but it's good. So yes, my brand has definitely evolved over time. The other thing I would do differently is I would not hide. And when I started my business, because I was still working in corporate in a executive position, I was um, like posting things um, online. I had a blog, but I was not showing my face. My face was not uh, the brand of my business. And You are the ones I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. All the statistics show. All right. Like you can be successful without ever showing your face. You can. But that is a rarity versus, um, you know, uh, be showing up as who you are, showing your face, showing your personality. Right. Um, one of the things that I now know that I didn't know when I started was people buy from you for two reasons. One, they want what you're selling. They want the topic, the product, the service that you're selling. But the decision, they make their decision on the second thing, which is who you are and how that they they feel connected to you. Right. Right. They either trust you or they like you. Most times they like you and that leads to trust. Right. Whatever it is. But if they don't have a connection, even if they need what you're selling, they're likely not going to buy from you. They'll buy from someone else who they do have a connection with. Mm-hmm. I didn't know those two things when I started. And so um, for a variety of reasons, when I started, I was way behind the scenes, right? That's my that's my personality anyway. I'm the leader who leads from behind. I don't need to be out in front. And so I thought I could do the same thing and be immediately successful when I started my own business um, via social media. And that's not the case. Uh, so, um, so that would be, I think the other thing I would do differently if I were starting now, I would put myself out there as uncomfortable as it may have been. I would have put myself out there, face, voice, opinions earlier versus kind of waiting and putting that on. Okay. Well, look. <laughs> I knew today was going to be, I knew the topic was going to be hot. I knew it was going to be a good conversation. Thank you. And shout out to everybody who joined us live. Um, And if you're watching the replay, definitely uh, post and let us know where you're you're joining from or where you're watching the replay from and what your key takeaways are. Um, Angelina and I have already talked about doing a part two of this. So based on your Mm -hmm. feedback and your questions, we'll likely figure out what, when and where we're going to do, have another conversation. Because like we said, I think it is about... um, about 45% of women who are starting their own businesses at this point in time also are working full time for someone else. And that number seems to only keep growing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't see that changing unless, for example, a recession, we'd go into some type of full recession. So uh, I think that's another reason they get started. 
It is, exactly. So listen, the reasons to get started are plentiful, right? Um, and the probably the most important reason is it's your dream. So, and I'm all about making sure you follow your dream. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave your review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're on a mission to increase the success and longevity of women in consulting, and you can help us do that. Also, I'd love to hear from you, so let's connect at Dr. Angelina Davis on Instagram or LinkedIn. And don't forget to visit consulting.com for more information to support your consulting journey. Until next time, take care.